Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This service is from May 21st, 2023, the seventh Sunday of Easter. We are near the end of our Easter season, with next Sunday being the day of Pentecost. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe to get notifications when a new podcast is published. Do you like daily devotions? Follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok at Faith Cedarberg to get daily devotions. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today's reading is part of the introduction to the narrative of the outpouring of the Spirit on Pentecost. These verses tell of the risen Lord's conversation with his disciples on the eve of his ascension, in which he promises that they will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. This first reading is from the first chapter of Acts. We read, when the apostles had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 4. Our faith in Christ does not make us immune from the scorn of others. Nevertheless, we are to resist the designs of evil when we experience disparagement from others because we trust God's grace will strengthen and guide us. We read, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, 
for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. You may be seated. And I invite you to join with me in a word of prayer. O oh God, we thank you for this occasion to gather together, for the way that you gather your people by the power of the Spirit, helping us to hear the good news, helping us to share and proclaim this good news along with your disciples whom you sent out into the world a message that has been shared in every generation that has gathered us together now and that equips us and empowers us to be able to share your word of life with all who we know, all who we meet. Come to us afresh this day. Reassure our fears, um, our uncertainties, and gather us together in the relationship you share with your Father that we may know who we are and that we may bear that identity forth courageously and compassionately in this world that you love. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, Amen. So we heard Jesus say, so that they may be one as we are one. 
And church, I want to begin with a question for you to think about. How was Jesus represented as you began learning about him? What are some memories that you have? How was Jesus represented as you began learning about him? Beyond the literal testimony of the Bible, our American culture has made Jesus into a kind of a dubious superstar whose image is widely appropriated and can mean different things to different people. Jesus has been employed in the service of many causes, often not in keeping with his stated mission on the pages of Scripture. In learning about Jesus, children may be taught to aspire to his example, but also that this is always just kind of slightly beyond our capacity. Jesus is on another level when it comes to our relationship with God, the idealized form of whatever theology we may ascribe to. Today is an evocative point in the season of Easter, this season of Jesus' Jesus' disciples' struggle to comprehend the nature of a crucified and risen Lord. After appearing to them in a variety of ways, Jesus was taken from their sight by a cloud, commemorated by the church last Thursday on Ascension Day, and he instructed them to wait for the promised Holy Spirit who would empower them to be witnesses to all that he had shared with them, which we will celebrate next Sunday on the day of Pentecost. Today is an in-between moment that has much to say to our uncertain efforts to know and to follow Jesus in our time. While we may widely accept that Jesus enjoyed a unique relationship with God, it gets more complicated when it comes to what this means for you and me. What does Jesus' relationship with God mean for you and for me? Is he an example for us to emulate but never quite live up to? Is he a mysterious source of divine power that we can never quite comprehend? Today's gospel reading includes part of a long prayer that Jesus prayed on the night of his betrayal, just before he was arrested and put on trial. He prayed not only for those present in the room with him, but for all who would believe in him through their testimony. In other words, Jesus was praying for you and me. He spoke from the deep relationship that he enjoyed with God and asked that God would be glorified in this relationship and that all people would know life through it. He prayed that all whom God had entrusted to him would also become one in the unity that Jesus shared with God. The intricate language of John's gospel sometimes obscures the radical message that it contains, but Jesus is praying here that the same relationship that he enjoys with God 
would also be yours. That that same relationship would also be yours. That the fullness of life that sin and death cannot destroy would be completely realized in you. While we might sometimes think of this as a transaction that Jesus accomplishes for us, John insists that it is part of a new relationship that you are invited into, marked by belief and trust and revealing God's glory in the most unexpected ways. Authentic relationships grounded in love aren't established by command or decree. You know, think about how that works if you tell someone, I command you to love me. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Authentic relationships grounded in love aren't established by command or decree. And Jesus was careful to say that he wasn't asking on behalf of the entire world as if everyone could just suddenly experience this simply by his saying so, decreeing that it would be that way. Rather, he began with those whom God had entrusted to him in his life on earth. And he prayed for all who would come to believe through their witness. He prayed that this relationship would expand ever outward, like ripples on water, to transform the world, one person at a time. Church, this has a radical meaning for you and me and for the implication of every encounter that we have. You are joined to God in Jesus Christ through an authentic relationship of love. And your words and your actions bear this relationship, whether you realize it or not. And this likely feels a little overwhelming and perhaps kind of scary. After Jesus was taken from their sight, the disciples returned to the room where they had been staying. And the author of Acts tells us that they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. I kind of imagine it might have been, okay, what are we supposed to be doing now? (laughs) What's next? Show us the way, help. Luke tells us that they were a diverse lot of varying ideologies, different genders, and different points of view. They surely wondered what was ahead and how they would rise to the challenge confronting them. And yet Jesus promised them that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit had come upon them. And they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Rather than transforming the world by magically changing our circumstances, Jesus entered into your circumstances with the power of love, suffering with you and inviting you into its power to restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Today is an in-between day that comes amid our own uncertainty over what the future holds for Jesus' church and what this will mean for us. Yet you are joined to God in love forever, a power that will strengthen you to the end 
and you are witnesses to the love that has conquered death. Amen.